as I promised, I'm here to tell you guys about the embarrassing um, event or story that I was reluctant to share yesterday. And this this is going to be a lot harder for me to discuss because sometimes I question, I feel like I've healed from it. But um, I think it's it's a beautiful story in full and it allowed me to learn a lot about me and find out who I really am. And so um, let's go ahead and get into it, okay? Uh, if you've been keeping up with Constance the podcast, then you know that I went to Los Angeles in 2020. Um, I moved from Virginia to Los Angeles in 2020, and I went to L.A. with nothing. Nothing being no clothes, no money, no plan. Um, I was big on manifestation then, and not only that, I have always been a believer in God. And, um, you know, I knew God was going to get me through whatever life would throw at me because he has in the past and he always will right and on top of that being big in manifestation also added to the confidence that I had to make that big move um and for those of you guys that aren't familiar with manifestation manifestation is basically the idea or concept that you can create the life that you want for yourself and all you do is have to you know believe and be positive and work towards this life that you envision and it will come um, so yeah, I was on that kick. That was my mindset. And, um, I went to LA with my older brother. Uh, the buildup of going to LA was the fact that for one, I'd always wanted to go to California. It was a big dream of mine. And I felt like that's where I belonged. I also felt like I was being called to go there. This was, uh, post college graduation. Um, <laughs> I actually went to Mexico, I think a week after I graduated college and on my last day in Mexico, I remember I sat outside. We had a beautiful um, ocean view and I woke up early and I watched the sunrise and I just like cried. And I was like, I don't want to go back to work or, you know, this regular life that that life wasn't for me. Right. So I was crying and I came back to uh, Virginia and I was like, I am going to make something of myself. I'm going to do something. And I guess that something in my mind also translated to me feeling like I needed to go to Los Angeles. Now, I live in Virginia. And I was just under the impression Los Angeles was like the place that you go to make it or break. like that's the that's the big play. I mean, that's where fucking Hollywood is. That's, that's where the rappers are. That's where the celebrities are. I was just under the impression that's where I belong because, hey, I am just as top dog as any other celebrity. So I belong where I fucking belong. Right. I was under the impression that's where I needed to go. So, um, yeah, before we upped and moved to L.A., it was hard for me post-graduation. I couldn't get a job. Not only could I not get a job, none of the jobs that even were available were anything that I wanted to do. And I told you guys that I, I, my plan in life was not to be an employee. It was not to be a a worker. <laughs> so um, I spent a lot of that time investing, a lot of that time being the time after college, spent a lot of that time uh, focusing on the one moneymaker that I had at the time, and that was uh, JHA. And for those of you that don't know, JHA, GC Hair Fair is my former hair company. So um, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to get JHA from where it was. Like how to scale my business, right? I really wanted to be a millionaire. That was like my biggest, that that was like my goal, okay? Um, I guess I lost sight of everything. It was just focused on the money. Again, chasing those numbers. But um, yeah, I... I couldn't get a job. Not only could I not get a job, I didn't want a job. And that kind of caused some tension in my household because uh, at the time I didn't realize it, but we it was it was hard for 
my um, family to pay rent, make ends meet. And I didn't, I guess I was being very selfish of my dreams and what I wanted. And I thought that because the law of manifestation or the law of attraction says that you attract the life you want if you believe in it and you work towards it and you live that life now, I thought that if I worked, I was kind of telling the world that I was okay with working, right? So I cut working out of my life because I thought that I could attract um, the millions and the successful business without a job. And so shit was getting tough and uh, I guess my mom couldn't take it anymore. She couldn't afford it. So she kind of just up and left to Ghana, which was cool. I understood it. Um, there was nothing here for her. Kids weren't, kids being me, it was just me and her at the time. My little brother was in college. My little brother had already moved out. So um, yeah, at the time she was just like, she couldn't do it anymore. I wasn't trying to help out. So she left and just left me alone. And my older brother allowed me to stay with him. And in staying with him, I was still persistent. I was still trying to figure out ways to make JJ big and pop and blow up and be what I had always envisioned it would be. And um, I guess I, in in all that, I was also thinking about L.A. And my brother's lease was coming to an end. And we both felt like we were getting signs to go to L.A. Uh, we didn't have a plan. Like I said, there was no money. There was We didn't know what we were going to do. But L.A. is what was calling us. Um, by signs, I would see things like, Los Angeles on a license plate. Like, I'd be driving and I see an L.A. license plate. And that's a big deal because I'm from fucking Virginia. So what is an L.A. car doing right here in front of me at this time? I also was believing at that time. I mean, I believe, period, that, like, you see, you hear things, you experience things for a reason, right? So I knew that anytime I was seeing L.A., it was just a sign to push me to go there. So um, my brother's lease ended and my next plan of action was to go to L.A. How we even got to L.A., I barely remember, but I think... I think like one of my brother's friends put together like a GoFundMe of some sort or like everyone pitched in money under the impression that me and my brother would go to LA and we do such great things. And so people pushed, pitched in money for us to get to LA. The money that they pitched uh, was enough for our stay at a motel for about like two or three days and um, the plane tickets. All right. So we left Virginia um, December 31st, 2019 and we were in LA. January 1st, 2020. And uh, we stayed in that motel. And that's when I made that podcast episode, um, filling you guys in on my my stay or whatever, right? And so the time in the motel is coming to an end. We don't have much money. We have about enough money for an Uber ride and food. So we grab a map of Los Angeles and we pick somewhere random on it. And we call an Uber and the Uber takes us to that location. Before we get in the Uber, we're like, we can't carry all this stuff. We had our luggage. Uh, which we had thought we had compressed enough before we got to uh, Los Angeles, but we got rid of more shit. So I was left with, I kept my winter jacket because I'd be getting cold and I didn't know what the weather was going to look like in LA. So I kept my winter jacket. Um, I think I kept like a hoodie and like two pairs of sweatpants. Um, And I had a duffel bag. So we go to the location that we picked on the map and we get to the place and it's like some touristy, like, some tourist attraction, which I didn't really care for. We walked around a little bit. This At this point, I have really learned that I don't care about, like, touristy things or, like, yeah, I really don't give a fuck about a lot of shit. And I wasn't impressed by any of the stuff I saw, but everyone else there was, like, taking pictures and happy to be there, and I just didn't care. So we walked around a little bit, and then we're like, all right, we're hungry. Um, We approached the subway in a Chipotle, and we decided to go with Chipotle. If you know me, Chipotle is my favorite restaurant. We went to Chipotle, and we decided to actually sit outside of the Chipotle, and we just kind of sat, and we talked, and 
we were just hopeful that something was going to shake. Again, we didn't really know what we were doing in LA, but we felt called. And, you know, with, with the law of attraction and with manifestation, with manifestation and with God, we just knew that like something was going to happen to get us out of the situation. We didn't know where we were going to go. We didn't know what we were going to do. We just knew life was going to change. And, um, we're sitting in hours past and nothing has happened yet. You know, it goes from like 12 o'clock to two o'clock to four o'clock to five o'clock. And we're like, okay, um, I'm hungry. You know, maybe we should go and get some food. That'll help us keep us occupied or whatever. So we go into Chipotle, we get our food, we're sitting down, we're eating, we finish our food. And again, hours are passing from five o'clock to six o'clock to seven o'clock. It's getting dark outside. Um, and my phone is dying. My brother's laptop is dying. Uh, and there was nowhere to charge it. I don't know if y'all know this, but in LA, there are no outlets and restaurants. I don't know how common that is around the United States, but in Virginia, there are outlets. Okay. Um, in Los Angeles, homelessness is a big problem. And I think they do whatever they can do to make sure homeless people don't loiter. And so there were no outlets. So yeah, technology was dying. Shit was dying. And I was losing, I I was losing my mind. I remember putting my head down and feeling like crying. I might've actually cried. And just, it was at that point I realized like, I, I just, put myself in a terrible situation because I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know anybody in LA. Um, my older brother, he, he was doing a good job of staying calm and, you know, he was telling me to stay positive and don't worry about it and just be patient and just know that God's going to take care of us and that we're going to attract the right things. And, you know, he said, he told me to do everything that I tell you guys to do, show gratitude, be grateful, be happy. Um, (laughs) He was doing a good job of trying to keep me calm, but I was just, I just didn't know what was going to happen. And a woman walked by, she actually worked at Chipotle again. I told you we had our luggage. So I think it was clear that we didn't have anywhere to go. And she um, got to talking to us. She asked us what we were doing. And, um, you know, we just talked, we shared our story. We let her know that we felt called there. She shared that she had also been called to come to LA and that God called her to LA to help with the homelessness issue. And so, you know, we talked for a little bit and she goes back to work and she comes back and, um, she gives us a hundred dollars and she's like, here, take this money and go stay in uh, this thing called a hostel. Los Angeles has these shared living spaces called hostels. And she explained that it was um, a room full of like eight people, but you get a bed and it's warm and it's a nice place to stay. And so she helped us book the place. You could book the hostel through Airbnb. We booked the hostel. We go to air. We go to the Airbnb. I mean, it was exactly what she said. It was a room full of eight people. It was bunk beds. It wasn't what I was used to, but it was, I mean, it was well kept. It was warm and it was a place for me to lay down after setting up, walking and sitting all day. So I was grateful. Um, the hundred dollars was enough to last us for about two days. And after those two days were up again, we didn't have anywhere to go. We didn't know what to do. So we just, we, I think we went to a library and our life was pretty much like that for, I think a good two months of not knowing what to do with ourselves and waiting for money to come in and just uh, life was just so there's just so much uncertainty and that's the first time I'd ever been uncertain about where I was even going to sleep I was I was literally homeless um <sighs> the the income that we were making was from friends and loved ones, honestly, shout out to Brianna. That was the only friend of mine that, oh, shout out to Brianna, Tyra Key, and Taylor Fleming. Those are people that uh, definitely looked out for me in the time that I was struggling. I don't even think um, Taylor even knew she helped me out. But yeah, there were there were a few people that helped me out during the time. So 
Anyways, it was loved ones putting money in my pocket, me sitting around waiting for money to come in. It was hard. Uh, we slept on buses. We slept in metro stations. There were nights we didn't sleep. We we stayed up all night in Starbucks and 24-hour subways. And life was hard. Life was very hard. And um, in the midst of all of the turmoil, I think this is when I began to learn a lot about myself. Um, I'd started the podcast pre-LA, but I began podcasting heavily during my time in LA. I didn't have anything to take my mind off of the situation. And so I would look forward to opening my phone and recording a voice memo and posting it because that helped me to express myself. And um, I guess in that time, I learned that I'm not one to let my situation overcome my life. And I may sulk about it. I may be sad. I may be upset, right? But at the end of the day, I'm always going to push and work towards my dreams. So on top of focusing on my podcast and working on my podcast, I was also, um, me and my brother were also trying to find ways to make money. We didn't like the fact that we had to rely on friends and family to help us out because we'd chosen this life for ourselves. And so um, I remember there was one night where we stayed up all night and we thought to make an ebook. And uh, I don't remember how much we priced the ebook for, but we stayed up all night. We made the ebook and we dropped it online. And after we dropped it online, we stayed up in a Starbucks for 24 hours. And that morning, um, money just started coming in. People were buying the ebook. Um, we were getting orders like crazy on the ebook. On top of that, um, we got my, my my dad had ended up sending us some money. We we got a a good lump sum of money, probably the most amount of money we had had in a while since being there and since being homeless. And on top of that, my brother had also finally gotten a job. I don't think I mentioned it was also during pre COVID. So getting a job was very not even pre COVID. It was during COVID, like the rise of COVID. So. Um, it was very hard to get a job, very hard to find employment. Um, a lot of places were closed down. Uh, by God's grace, uh, my brother had gotten a job. And um, I think from that point, money was not hard to come by. You know, he was. we were living at such a low cost in the hostel that it was very easy for us to save. We were also eligible for, like, food stamps and welfare. So we got on that. I mean, there was a lot of uh, government assistance that helped, again, with my brother getting a job. It was just like God was taking over, and I don't know. In that time, I just, I think the reason why I say that the whole L.A. experience made me who I am today is because, like I said, I learned that I don't allow my situation to define who I am, and I still pushed, and I still persisted, and I was working on my business, Um you know, I was working on my business. I was working on my podcast. I was still pushing and I still had that dream. I was still keeping the dream alive. The dream to be this millionaire, the dream to be this world renowned pod- podcast host or talk show host. I was still holding on to that dream and that's what kept me alive. And um, I think sometimes I listen to people complain about their situations. Let me also say this is also why I'm very grateful for the situation I have now. Um, I, I came from literally nothing and like, that was the point in time that I had literally nothing as you can imagine. And I am so grateful to be where I am now, even to have like my own room I told you I was living with eight people. So to be in a situation where I now have my own room, I'm just so blessed. I'm so happy. And so anyways, I was getting ready to say, I think when I talk to people a lot with my friends too, 
Um, they'll talk about how hard their lives are. And they, I just, I just feel like they lack and gratitude. And I'm the first person to say your situation just isn't that hard. And you should be grateful. You should be happy. And I just realized, you know, I think I boast not about the situation, but about how strong I am, how resilient I am and how I can do and I can survive a lot of shit that people would have folded on, you know? Um, there's so many homeless people in LA and so many people fall. Do you just see like a lot of drug addicts? And I assume that they're drug addicts because they've given up on life. And like, I didn't give up and I kept pushing. It was so hard. And I'm so blessed to have not been alone. Cause I don't know what it would have been like alone, but I just learned that I am strong and I really do feel like that bitch. I think that that's where a lot of my confidence comes from because Again, I just didn't let my situation define me. And I don't walk around and sulk like I lived that life. Um, I think that was the point I learned that there is so much beauty and struggle. Another thing I didn't mention was in that time, I feel like I heard God the most. Um, hold on, let me get myself together because I'm not trying to cry. I... um. I think my relationship with God grew in that hard time. And I'll admit, um, I told you guys, I was chasing the millions. I was chasing um, a monetary goal. And part of me did neglect my relationship with God because I felt like manifestation was going to be the key to everything. I feel like I'm all over the place. Sorry, guys. But um, when I realized that manifestation wasn't working and I wasn't able to manifest money and it was God helping me. <laughs> <clears throat> on top of that, there were days I was not eating. So I was forced to fast. Like I just heard God. I saw God. It was so clear to see when God was telling me to go left instead of going right. And damn, there's just a lot of beauty in the struggle. And so this is why I'm big on gratitude. First of all, I ended up in that situation because I lacked in gratitude. Hold on. Let me get myself together. Like I got uh, tissue right here. I told y'all Chipotle is my life. Look, I got Chipotle napkins right here. I had me some Chipotle last night. Um, okay. What was I saying? This is why I'm big on gratitude. I ended up in Los Angeles because I lacked in gratitude in my current situation. I was so pressed to get to a lifestyle that was not what I currently had at that moment that I was willing to risk everything for it. And I think there is a little bit of beauty in the fact that I will risk everything for my dream. But at the same time, I need to appreciate that I am in the situation that I am for a reason. And if if you want to, and this wasn't even supposed to be a motivational talk, but like if you feel as though you're in the wrong situation or that maybe God isn't like working fast enough, you can bully yourself into another situation. Will that situation be what you want it to be? No, because that's not what God sees for you. And that, you know, I, I pushed myself to a place thinking that I, that my time was my timing for myself and my life was better than whatever God had envisioned for me. Right. And so I got to that situation and being in that situation, being in that situation, I realized that I needed God more than ever because I didn't know what to do. Manifest manifestation wasn't enough for me. My dream wasn't enough for me. It was God. And so that is when I fostered that strong relationship with God. And um, 
you know, that is when I learned to like read signs and I learned how to see God in my life. And I learned how to identify when God is moving in my life and when God is stopping me from doing something. And again, I just learned that I can overcome anything that that's the worst thing. It's one of the worst things I've ever dealt with in my life. And to have been able to overcome it and to still be here and to still have my mind and sanity. I'm just so blessed. I'm so grateful for things. And so I think I, I touched on this earlier. That's why whenever I talk to my friends, I think they can attest to it. I'm very, um, sometimes I'm a little bit dismissive about their situations because I just know it's not that bad. And if they would just be a little bit more grateful, they would see that life is good. Um, yeah, man, that's it. That's, that's why I am the way that I am. Um, you know, I, I love and appreciate life because I've seen what life looks like when you don't have the basics of like a home and a bed. Um, I love me and I pursue things because I see that like, I, I'm just strong. I'm strong and I can get anywhere I want to get with God's help. And so I believe in myself because God believes in me. And I know that God believes in me because he could have spoiled me. Like he could have allowed me to spoil myself when I was in LA and he didn't. I, I don't, like, all I can say is that I'm so appreciative of life and of myself and of God and of my older brother. I mean, I think that that experience truly did shape me to be this like, I don't know, softer version of, it's just like a softer and more mature version of who I was in high school. I talked to you guys about like, that confidence that I had. And I think you could even hear it in that tone. Like the tone I had in yesterday's podcast is a lot different than the tone I have now. And I think the essence of yesterday's podcast uh, embodies who I was in my youth. And the essence of today's podcast shows where I am now. And I feel like there's a sense of peace and serenity in who I am. And just appreciation. These are not tears of sadness. I, I I just be crying. Like, I don't know why I cry. I got a whole podcast episode on it. I be crying. Like, sorry to the ones that are listening on podcast streaming platforms and not watching because you just like, is she ever going to get to the point? Because y'all can't really see everything that the people on YouTube see. Anyways, y'all. This is just who I am, and this is my story, and this is beauty in it. I will never try to act like I didn't go through shit, but I I will also be the first to say that when I get to where I want to get to, and I'm boastful about it, it is because I've overcome so much internally and physically, like, within my life. And I deserve every moment of happiness, confidence, and boast boastfulness that I present to the world because I did that shit with God's grace and I'm kind of rambling now so I think I'm going to end it here hopefully this podcast was good and not just a bunch of me crying and I'm not even gonna lie I recorded this two times I recorded it one time and then I was like I can't do this and then I stopped and I re-recorded this so y'all will see I don't know 
all right, let me end it. I'll see y'all in the next episode. I promise I won't cry in the next episode. And uh, don't forget, this is still an advice column. If you need advice, make sure you are following Constancy Podcast on Instagram at Constancy Pod. Click the link in my bio. Click on the Dear Constance Advice column tab, and that will direct you to my advice column. If you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and click the link down below in the description box, and that will direct you to my advice column. And I will see you guys in my next episode. Peace. Mm-hmm.